Well, good morning to you. It is so good to see you this morning. Thank you for braving uh, the cool weather on this fall morning to come out and worship with us. It's uh, certainly good to see you. Uh, my prayer is that when you came in, uh, you were handed or picked up one of our bulletins. Uh, there's a lot of important information in there about things that are coming up in the, in the days ahead. Uh, there's also uh, some things in there that we're going to be voting on uh, next Sunday uh, during our business conference. You'll have uh, your proposed budget is in there for uh, the next year. That'll be discussed and voted on next year. Uh, as well as deacons and one other recommendation from the deacons. So uh, if you will, make sure you read your bulletin well and keep up with those announcements. And uh, all of Christmas, everything you need to know about what's going on at Christmas time uh, for our church is right here on this one sheet of paper. So you can post that up on the refrigerator or wherever you put your notes and you'll be up to date on everything going on uh, in our church during the Christmas season. And today, though, we're going we're gonna to pause and, and think about and, and focus on Thanksgiving because uh, I think sometimes while Christmas is, is one of the most blessed times of the year uh, and Thanksgiving, of course, not being a religious holiday, but at the same time, it's a holiday that allows us to stop and say thank you for what God has done for us. And I hope that you will uh, take that opportunity to do that. Uh, please make sure you read those announcements. I believe Nancy has an announcement for you as well. I just want to make sure that our folks know, one, there is no music ministry rehearsal this Wednesday night. Uh, a lot of us are going to be home cooking, so nothing here Wednesday night. Also, for those of you who are involved in our December 11th evening program, whether you're doing a skit or singing or whatever, just a reminder that we have rehearsals on, the, on Saturday, December the 3rd, and Saturday, December the 10th. Okay, so please remember that. Make every attempt to be those. If you have any questions, you can come see me. Also, um, if you can hand me that insert. It's on the inside there. Okay, so Pastor Tommy showed you this side, and I want to talk a little bit about this side. It says, why Advent? Um, Every year we light Advent candles, but some folks may not understand exactly why, or why is Advent significant? Why is it important? So, Throughout Advent, we're going to have a little Advent emphasis, and each week, you'll find an insert that will look like this. It will say, Why Advent? And each week, there'll be a new reflection telling a little bit about what Advent is all about and how it makes the expectation of Christmas all that much sweeter. Okay? And also, as a little gift, out in the vestibule on the round table just outside those center doors, there's two baskets that have little Advent devotionals. Those are free for you to take so that you can read a devotional every day that leads you through the season of Advent. So that is a gift for you. All right. And last, before we pray, I want to give you an update on our Operation Christmas Child. We were a uh, collection point for our end of the county, for Midland, uh, the region right around here. And as of yesterday, uh, we had packed 1,806 shoeboxes. Uh, but we still have today and tomorrow. So uh, if you have not had an opportunity to put together an Operation Christmas Child shoebox yet, and you would like to, you still have an opportunity to do so. But we need it here uh, by, the, uh, by the end of our collection time tomorrow, which is 11 o'clock. So it need to be here no later uh, than 1059. How's that? 
uh, tomorrow so that we can get everything uh, packed up. Also, uh, because we are a collection center, these cases, we, we pack these shoe boxes in large cases and then we deliver them to a, another facility to be sorted out. Uh, but we, that's where we need your help. We've got close to well, maybe 200 boxes, we're thinking, 200 cases of shoe boxes. Uh, and we're going to be loading them up this afternoon uh, into a U-Haul immediately following our Thanksgiving lunch. So uh, anyone that would like to help us get those boxes out of the youth building and onto that U-Haul, we would really appreciate your help. Uh, we just know that many hands make light work, and uh, it'd be great if we had many hands, and then we could all do some light work, right? Anybody here don't like light work? We, you don't like work? Well, then you're loading it by yourself then, Brother Jerry. Need your help. Thank you for all that you're doing with Operation Christmas Child. Let's pray, and then we'll get about the business of why we're here. Father God, it's so good to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And we know, Lord, that we are here today because you have called us and assembled us for a very important reason. And, Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you set aside times that we can come together as the body of Christ, that you give us places like this house of worship where we can gather together, where we can be warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. We can be dry from the elements. And, Lord, we thank you that you give us all of these blessings. But, Lord, you give them to us to give us that opportunity and that privilege of knowing you better and to be able to declare our love and our adoration for you. You alone are worthy of our praise. You alone are worthy of our worship. You alone are worthy of all, uh, of all glory. And we pray, God, that in our time together today, that will be the, the sole desire of every heart in this room, is to give you the praise and glory that you deserve. You have been so good to us. You have provided for us. You have walked with us through the darkest times of our life. You have given us strength to endure things that we could have never endured on our own. You have brought us to the very top of the mountains with the highest of highs. You walked with us in the valleys where with the lowest of lows. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. And so today, Lord, may our hearts be turned toward heaven. May our ears be in tune to you. And today, God, may our heart be filled with thanksgiving and gratitude for who you are and for what you have done. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Didn't they do awesome? And it's so nice to be able to have them up here where there's microphones. We don't have to worry about them falling down these stairs. Great job, kiddos. What an offering of thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand and let's sing together. Yeah. 
Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, what an honor it is to be in your house, worshiping your precious name. Lord, I ask that as we enter this week of this week of Thanksgiving, Lord, that you just remind us of the uh, the blessings that we've received and how much we have to be thankful for. Lord, I ask your blessings on our tithing offerings as you touch our hearts, Lord. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.
What a worshipful song. Enter in. That's what we're invited to do, not just on Sundays at 11 a.m., but we're invited to do that anytime and wherever we may be. He invites us to enter into his presence. If you have your Bibles, would you join me this morning in the book of Colossians chapter number 1. The book of Colossians chapter number 1. We began together last time with a new series that we are calling The Real Jesus. The Real Jesus. And today we're going to answer an important question. How can we know when we're serving the real Jesus? The Bible says in first, uh, excuse me, in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for this opportunity to enter in, to come into your courts with thanksgiving, to be able to proclaim your goodness and your worthiness of all praise. Lord, we know that we've entered into a very sacred and holy time as we've opened up the inerrant, the infallible, the inspired Word of God. And as we begin to read from these pages, Lord, we understand that we're reading so much more than just print upon a page. But what we are engaging are the words of life and the words of truth. Words that will always bring us benefit. Words that will always draw us closer to you. So in these few moments that we have together on this Sunday morning, Lord, will you speak to our hearts? Will you illuminate our minds? Will you you quicken our spirits within us? That when we leave here today, that Lord, we will have been transformed by your word. We'll be drawn closer to you. We'll know more about you. We'll be more in love with you than we were when we walked in. And may your will be done in all these things is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We've talked about this uh, once before, but I, I think it bears repeating That the Jesus that many people claim to follow bears no resemblance of the Jesus in the Bible. They follow someone that they've 
tailored and contoured and molded to fit their lifestyle or their way of thinking or or their their preferences, if you will. So many have tried to mold Jesus into that type of image. That's why we have in our society today, we have a political Jesus. He always votes straight ticket. If he's Republican, he doesn't like Democrats. And if he's Democrats, he doesn't like Republicans. And if he's independent, he don't like any of them. But he always votes straight tickets. And he thinks all the other parties are heretics. There's the Hollywood Jesus. He has that very fair white complexion, blue eyes, rosy cheeks. Makes you feel good when you look at him. There's the genie Jesus. He's always there to grant your every wish. And he's always sitting waiting for your next command. So that he can give you whatever it is that you want at that moment. But then there's that mean Jesus. He hates everyone. And he wants to do, there's, there's nothing more that he enjoys than robbing you of all the pleasure, pleasures in your life. He just wants you to be unhappy and miserable all the time. There's that vengeful Jesus that some people serve. And he'll love you until you mess up. And then when you mess up, he's, he's out to get you from that point forward. Some claim to worship the accommodating Jesus. Seems just no big deal. I mean, after all, you couldn't help it. You tried. You, you gave it your best effort. So, you know, it's, it's no big deal. Just don't do it again. But the most famous Jesus in America is the Burger King Jesus. <laughs> he wants you to have everything your way. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. He wants you to have what you want your way when you want it, how you want it. And he's happy to give it to you whenever you call on him. The problem with this is that all these false versions of Jesus seek to rob him of his divinity, of his deity, of his sovereignty, of his glory. It brings Jesus down to our level where we can, we can manipulate him and we can, we can, we can always know exactly how to push the right button to get what we want. That's our, that's our tendency is to, is to bring him down to that level where we are. In these verses that we've read just a moment ago, I believe Paul gives us three practices, three things, three ways that we can know that we serve the real Jesus. And and I think if we'll take these three things and we'll use them to measure our life, we'll we'll begin to see the Jesus that we serve. How does how does the Jesus we say we serve stack up against the Jesus of the Bible? That first thing I think we need to notice is this, that if we're serving and worshiping the real Jesus, 
We're going to be growing in our knowledge of God. Here's what I mean by that. In verse 9, he, he says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then in verse 10, he says, increasing in the knowledge of God. There's, there's, a, there's a progression taking place here. Jesus came to this earth to reveal God to us. That's why the, his name was proclaimed as, as they were singing his great glory in the, in his time of his birth that he is Emmanuel. God with us. He came to show us who God is and, 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 and the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God, but he came to show us the wrath of God and the justice of God. He came to show us the Father. Listen to his words in John 14. Jesus said, talking to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except they come through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him because you have seen me. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And that will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, How long have I been with you, yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me. Listen to what he says to Philip. Believe me. I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, Jesus says to Philip, Philip says, we want to know God. And and Jesus says, Philip, I'm the way you know God. If you know me, you know you know God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one together. We are, we are one in the Holy Trinity. He is the, the God the Father and I am God the Son and we are, we are one together. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How do I know if I'm serving the real Jesus? Am I growing in my knowledge of God? He reveals that to me. The more I walk with Jesus, the more I serve the Jesus of the Bible, the more I know the God of creation. There's a couple of different places or things that will happen to help us when we grow in our knowledge. And, and one of those he tells us is that when, when, when we begin to walk with the real Jesus and we, we begin to grow in our knowledge of God, one of the first things that happens is we begin to better understand His will for our life. Think about this for just a moment. Is that not an area where most of us struggle? What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? How, how does God want me to, to handle this? Where does God want me to, to, to take this? How, how, how am I supposed to deal with this? What is God's will for my life? How can I know God's will? Ample, the, the, really, the answer is more simple than you may think. If you want to know God's will for your life, grow in your relationship with Jesus. 
Because the more you follow Him, the more you serve Him, the more you love Him, the more you grow in knowledge of the Father. Because He and the Father are one. The truth is, and I think we miss this truth so many times, is God wants you to know His will for your life. He wants you to know His will. He's not hiding it from you. But he will reveal it to you as you grow in your knowledge of him and in your relationship with Jesus. So how do I know if I'm serving the real Jesus? How do I know if I'm following the Jesus of the Bible? Am I growing in my knowledge of God and his will for my life? Am I, am, am I, am I growing in that? Am I progressing in that? Am I learning in that? As the more I, I serve the Jesus of the Bible, the more I love the Jesus of the Bible, the more I walk with the Jesus of the Bible, the closer I get to the Father. But it's not just His will. He wants you to know His will. But when we grow in knowledge of the Father, we begin to... Gain that spiritual wisdom and understanding. And, and we begin to know His ways. We, we, we're learning what His will is, but now we're learning not just what He wants me to do, but now we're learning how He wants me to do it. You see, the, the discernment of God's ways, the Bible's clear, it is that, that God's ways is higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He, he is greater than us. And, and for us to understand the way of God and the will of God, we've got to grow in our knowledge of the Jesus of the Bible. And while God reveals to us what He wants us to do, and he, in His will, he, he begins to reveal to us how He wants us to do it, in revealing his ways. Now I'll confess to you. And I think you already know this. If you've been a believer. Growing in your relationship with Christ very long. Sometimes the ways that God wants to do things. Just doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't line up. We, we can't rationalize it. We, we, we try so hard to, to make it fit in our way of thinking. And, and here's what we begin thinking. Well, if I were God, I would do it a little bit different than that. I, I, you know, if I were God, here's what I would do. I don't, I don't understand why he's trying to. And, and then we, we throw out the old cliche, God works in mysterious ways. But the truth of the matter is, the way God wants things done are always in line with the will of what God wants done. And when, when we grasp His will and then we begin to work in His way, we begin to grow in our knowledge of who He is. We become pleasing to Him. If we're serving the real Jesus, we should be growing in our knowledge of God's, wills and God's will and God's way for our life. You can't walk with Jesus without walking with the Father. And the, and the closer you walk with Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. Now listen, these false Jesus that we talked about, the political Jesus, the Hollywood Jesus, the genie, the mean, the vengeful, the accommodating, the Burger King, those Jesus, listen, those versions of Jesus don't, don't draw you closer to God. They draw you closer to you. They make you more the God of your life than you already are. 
But when you walk with the real Jesus, you begin to grow in the knowledge of who God is. Do you want to know God's will for your life? That's the question. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Then grow in your relationship with the Jesus of the Bible. Serve and love and walk with and worship the Jesus of the Bible. Because the more you worship the Jesus of the Bible, the greater you're going to grow in your knowledge of God, His will and His ways. But there's a second practice that helps us reveal whether we are serving the real Jesus. That first one being that if I'm serving the real Jesus, I'm growing in my knowledge of God the Father. But the second one is simply this. If I'm, if I'm serving the real Jesus, then I'm walking in a worthy manner. He talks about that in verse number 10, by the way. Where he says, so that you will walk in a worthy manner of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. You, you see, that's what, that, that's the litmus test for me. If I'm, if I'm serving the real Jesus, how is that Jesus leading me to live? You see, folks, here, here, here's where the rub comes in. Here's where the rub comes in. There's a lot of people that say, I serve the Jesus of the Bible. I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, yet they live like hell six days a week. The words that come out of their mouth are not glorifying to God. The, the things that they do with their hands are a disgrace to God. The, the thoughts that cross their mind are, are an affront to God. The, 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 the attitudes that they harbor in their heart is against God. And yet they claim that they know the Jesus of the Bible. You see, the problem is when, we're, when, we, are, when we are being led by the false Jesus, then walking in a worthy manner for God is not a high priority. It's just not a high priority. But what does it mean, walk in a worthy manner? That's, that's such, a, that's, that, that's such a, a broad spectrum of things that it could mean. What, what does it mean? I believe Paul answers that question for us in this verse as well. I think he says there's two things that are happening if you're walking in a worthy manner. And the first one is simply that your life is pleasing to God. It lines up with Scripture. A pleasing life is a life of obedience to God. And if you want to know if you're living a life that's pleasing to God, are you living in obedience to His Word? Because that's what a pleasing life is. The pleasing life for God is, 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 is a loving child that walks with their father and, and, and stays by his side. And as he instructs them, that's how they live. That's how they act. They carry his character. They carry his likeness to all the world. That's the life that's pleasing to God. Jesus demonstrated for that. Demonstrated that force, didn't he? He demonstrated that very principle when he walked on earth. He followed God's will and God's ways to the letter. Never once do we, do we find him rebelling against what God wants him to do or how God wants him to do it. 
We know that it often brought agony and suffering and pain into his life. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before he is to be crucified, praying, Oh, Father, if there is any other way this can happen, if there is any other way to save the world, if there is any other way for salvation to come to man, please let it come, but not my will. But thy will be done. That's a life that's pleasing to God. His life, Jesus, the life that Jesus lived brought honor and glory to God the Father because He was obedient in all things. And this is what God wants us to develop in our lives through our relationship with the real Jesus. If we're, if we're walking with and worshiping and loving the real Jesus, then our life ought to be more and more a life of a worthy walk. That reflects the love of God and the grace of God and, and, and the kindness of God and the goodness of God. Our life more and more ought to reflect the obedience of a child to God. But there's a second thing that happens when we're walking a worthy walk. We're not just living a life of obedience even though that is, that is prime and that is key. But according to Paul, the second thing that's happening is that our life will begin to bear spiritual fruit. That spiritual fruit is identified for us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. You need not turn there, but here's, here is that fruit that's been identified for us. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the things that begin to be produced in our life. Well, listen, if, if, if you are walking in obedience with God and your life is producing the fruit that brings glory to God, that's a worthy walk. That's a walk that God says is pleasing to Him because it displays His, it displays His character to a world that is, that, that lacks all of these things, a, a world that is void of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, a world that is void of all of these things. They begin to see it in you. And when they see it in you, they know there's something different about you. There's something different about the way that you live, the way you walk your walk, the way that you, you display your life for others to see. There's something different about you, and they, and, and they want what you have, and they want to know more about how you got it. So how do they do that? They, they come, and they, they watch you, and they listen to you. But listen, if we're not walking a worthy walk that is obedient to God and, and also bearing spiritual fruit, here's what happens. They see what a false Christian looks like can't tell you how many times you've heard it you've talked to people before that don't know Christ and maybe don't attend a church anywhere and you'd say something to them about coming to church with you or having a relationship with Jesus and the first thing they say is they're all what hypocrites I get it there's no perfection in any of us not until we get to glory. But there ought to be a progressive building of a worthy life in us. I may not be what I will be one day. But thank God I'm not what I once was. 
There needs to be a building of a worthy walk. A walk that whets the world's appetite to know God. Not just the God, the, the, this mystical being that's out there that no one really knows. But the God of the Bible whose son is Jesus of the Bible, who is the Savior of the Bible, who is the King of our life and the Lord of our life, that's the one they need to know. And so we begin to bear that spiritual fruit. And if we are living a life that is living in obedience to God's will, and we will produce those kind of attributes and attitudes in our life. So if we're worshiping and following the real Jesus, we're going to be growing in our knowledge of, of God, His will and His ways. We're going to be growing in, in our worthy walk. We're going to be bearing fruit and living a life that is obedient and pleasing to God. But then there's this third practice that he mentions in verse number 11. And that is a life where we're increasing in spiritual strength. If you're a born-again follower of the real Jesus, I I just want to go ahead and tell you, you have a bullseye on your back. And you are the target of the enemy of your soul. He hates you with a passion. Now, I decided to do something that I I said I wouldn't do. I went back to the gym. Can I tell you something? I have been so sore this week, I can't hardly move. Amen. Said the, said the trainer. Even ran into Dougie Doo up there, building his body. But here's the deal. I had to find out how weak I was until I could find out how much strength I needed. You see, there's a strength that God wants to build in your life that is spiritual strength. And if we are a born-again believer, we're going to have those attacks upon our life. Satan understands that if he can keep you weak in your faith, he can more likely trip you up and help you fall into temptation. That's what he wants. He wants you to be one of the hypocrites that people talk about while they don't come to church. He wants you to be one of those hypocrites. Listen, he understands he's lost your soul. He cannot touch your soul. That is eternally belongs to God the Father through God the Son. And you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And he knows that. But here's the one thing he knows. That if you are growing in your knowledge of God, His will and His ways, and if you are growing if you are growing in your uh, manner of walk and you are starting to live a life of obedience that bears fruit, then he knows you're going to need some strength. Because he's coming after you. There's a kingdom of darkness around us that hates us and wants us to fall. But the last thing the enemy wants is for others to witness God's transforming power in our life. So Satan's goal is to tempt you, to mislead you, to disrupt you, to to disrupt your life any way that he can. 
But Paul tells us that if we're worshiping and following the real Jesus, He will be increasing our strength. He will be growing us in our strength, in our ability to stand, in our, in our ability to withstand those temptations and to stand in the face of fiery trials. He'll be growing us in our strength where we become more steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We dig our, our, our heels in and, and, and we plant our roots and we say we will not be moved from the will of God. But the only way that we can stand is if we have the strength that we've been growing in our relationship with Christ. Jesus has already defeated Satan and our relationship with Jesus empowers us to walk in victory. I, I'm not asking you to walk in perfection because in this, in this broken body you'll never be able to do just that. But he wants you to walk in the victory that he's purchased for you. And you can only walk in the victory of the cross and the strength of the Savior. Listen to God's promise to Isaiah chapter 54. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. He's talking about a spiritual weapon. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication from me declares the Lord. He will give you the strength to stand in the face of life's trials, in the face of life's temptations, and the things that the enemy wants to use to destroy you, to destroy your family, to destroy your children, to destroy your health, and all of these things, he will help you stand against them and fight against them because you're not standing and fighting in your strength. But the closer you walk with the Jesus of the Bible, the more you walk in his strength. That's why Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why he could say, I can endure imprisonment. I can endure the beatings. I can endure the shipwreck. I can endure the rejection. I can endure all of those things because I'm walking with the Jesus of the Bible who strengthens me. With so many false teachings about Jesus, how can you know for sure that you're following and worshiping the Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus? You answer these questions in closing. I've already asked them. We'll ask them one more time. Are you growing in your knowledge of God? In His will for your life and the way He wants you to live? Are you walking in a worthy manner? Living a life that you're not embarrassed if Jesus were to come back at any moment. You're living a life in such a way that is pleasing to God because it's bearing the spiritual fruit that only God can bear in your life. And are you growing in spiritual strength? Are you finding that it's becoming more and more where you can withstand the temptations of the evil one? Are you finding that you feel stronger when those things come against you? 
Because if you're serving a false Jesus, I promise you, you're going to fall. But as you serve, as you serve and worship the Jesus of the Bible, you grow in spiritual strength. In just a moment, we'll stand together, we'll sing together. Are you, are you worshiping the real Jesus? You see, folks, it's, God wants us to know. He, he's not hiding anything from us. He's, he's got it right here in black and white and red. He wants us to know. If today you can look at your life and you can say, well, I see some of those other Jesuses you talked about. I kind of see that vengeful one or that mean one. I, I, I kind of I see that. That genie one, or I see the accommodating one, the Burger King one, the, the political one. I see all those, but I, I'm having trouble seeing the real Jesus. Then, then, then can I ask you to do something today in the quietness of where you are in these next few moments or in the quietness as you pray at this altar? Would you pray, oh, Lord Jesus, show me who you really are. And help me to follow the real Jesus of the Bible. That's my prayer for you today. Father, thank you. You've not hidden who you are from us. Nor have you hidden who Jesus is to us. You've put it all in plain sight. But Lord, we ask you today that you forgive us of where we have been guilty of, of taking the person of Jesus and reshaping his character, his desires to match our own. Lord, it is my prayer that as we each examine our hearts right now, that, Lord, you reveal to us with clarity if we're truly serving the Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus, the Son of God, the Holy One, the Messiah. Are we serving the real one? And, Lord, today, if, if we see that we're not, may today be the day that we fall on our face at the foot of the cross. And we cry out for, in repentance for mercy and for grace. And that, Lord, as we rise up from our knees in our time of repentance before you, that we rise up with the determination that we will walk with the real Jesus. That we will grow in our spiritual knowledge of who God is and His will and His way for our life. We will walk a worthy life. A life of obedience, a life that bears fruit. That we will, we will allow you to strengthen us each and every day. In our faith and in our understanding. For today, may this be a day that someone in this room is delivered from a false Jesus. And comes to know the real Jesus. 
This is my humble prayer before you today in the precious name of the Lamb of God, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. I hope that you'll stay and eat with us. I know that uh, a lot of our folks have uh, spent some time and energy and uh, put together some uh, delicious food for us out in our fellowship hall. And so I want to encourage you to stay and eat if you, if you possibly can. I'm going to go ahead and bless the food as I dismiss us in prayer. That way, uh, as you make your way out there, you can go ahead and grab a plate and begin 
uh, serving. Are you waving at me? Oh, okay. Go, go ahead and say what you need to say. Well, let's uh, be dismissed in prayer. I look forward to seeing you out there around the table as we uh, fellowship together in our Thanksgiving meal. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, thank you again for allowing us to be here today and uh, for the blessings of being able to worship you. I just pray, Father, that um, we will examine our hearts, examine our lives, and know, Lord, beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are worshiping the one true Jesus of the Bible, that we've not fallen prey to a counterfeit or a pretend Jesus, but that we serve the real one. And Lord, I pray that our hearts will be filled with that assurance as we love you and as we serve you. We thank you for the opportunity to worship around the table and fellowship around the table today. We pray, Father, that you bless the time of fellowship, that you bless the food to nourish our bodies. And Lord, may it be a a time when we can Renew our friendships with one another. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. And we pray that you dismiss us with your love. In Jesus' name, amen.